across the nation. The Raging Cajuns will be a source of pride for this university, for the alumni, fans, and donors as we achieve success in the classroom, in the competitive arena, and in the community. It's about to get really fun. We're looking for dudes that will stand up. Well, Coach, let me tell you today, I'm here and I'm ready to stand up. And I challenge you, Raging Cajun Nation, to stand up with us. Stand up with us. Let's lock hand in hand. And let's walk through the gates of Omaha. Hey, I love y'all boys. Let's grind every day starting today. Let's do it. Y'all ready? Alarm! Alarm! Ready! Who's that team ready? Who's that team ready? That's up! Oh! Oh! I got one thing to say right here. Cajun win! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Raging Review Podcast. It's me and Nick today. Jerry is somewhere in Endymion land. Maybe he'll come back to us, maybe he won't. Don't know. Anyway, uh, we played a series this weekend. A little baseball. Mostly positive. And yes, I know you see the garb, you see the throw me something, mister. You see the Mardi Gras. We're in full effect over here. Uh, it's been a very good weekend for the Mardi Gras revelers out there. So I just wanted to give a shout out, and uh, I'm, I'm kind of just supporting my people. But uh, look, look at Nick. Nick's got. I oh, got my little traditional Mardi Gras shawls here. That, that's awesome. Ready to go. Is that that's a lobster sorry. or a crawfish? It's a crawfish ball. Come on now. <laughs> I, I had this conversation yesterday with some out of towners. Uh, long story. Anyway, um, Cajuns go two for three this weekend. Uh, Really lost to a bad team today, and we'll we'll get into that a little bit later. But uh, five runs in the second inning, and then you blow it. That's uh, that's that's the negative. But there's a whole lot more positive that we take away from the weekend. Nick was in the building for two of the three games, uh, so he's going to give us our perspective or his persp- his perspective on the game and the series. Um, I can tell you from going to Reckling Park a couple times, it's a great place to watch baseball. I think Rice is probably a little bit better than we expected. Uh, I think that we exposed them on Saturday, uh, but today, you know, I think they just wanted a little bit more. What do you think, Nick? Yeah, it's always, I mean, it's hard to sweep in baseball to begin with um, because that the the team that's down 2-0, it's a must win for them or 0-2, it's a must win. So they had to pull out all the stops. They had to play their best. I think they pitched the guy um, that really shut us down in the middle innings. Uh, I think he was their starter last year. He was their ace last year, right? Was this the guy that I think he threw something like 55 pitches and had seven Ks? It was stupid. Unreal. But, but Unreal. Yeah. yeah. He, he's going to be, he's going to be the Friday night starter later this season. So, um, you know, kudos to them for pulling it out. They could have rolled over and called it a day. I think they're picked eight out of 10 in conference USA this season. I think they will be a little bit better than that, but no excuses. We should have, we should have come out to, to put them away today after we go up five, nothing. Uh, you gotta expect your bullpen is going to come through, but again, too many free passes, too many easy uh, free base runners for them. I think there was one inning they scored two and didn't get a hit. So you, you can't do that and expect to win. I don't care if you're up by five or you're up by 10. You give them a little bit of hope on a, on a day that they have to win and they're going to pull through with it. But no, Reckling Park is beautiful. I think if if we were still in the old Teague, we'd be jealous. But I think you get to Russo Park and you see how nice it is now and you're like, man, I miss home, right? Um, one thing that that really stood out to me is, is the concessions you know, are, are behind the stadium like most ballparks. 
and you don't know what's going on. There are no TVs. You can't see what's what's happening in the stadium. You lose an inning or half an inning by going get a beer because the lines are long. They only had one stand open. So you, you see Robe's vision, and I know when you see it on TV, it doesn't look pretty because you see all the background and the concession stands and all that. But, man, you really appreciate it when you're in a stadium where you don't have access to view play as you're standing in line. That is that, that is so key, and, and really he was a visionary in that aspect. So uh, really, it really came home for hit home for me when when I was in the in the stadium this weekend. But really, they, they beautiful stadium, beautiful backdrop, beautiful setting. Wish we had a berm like they have in left field. Wish we had that in right field. That would just take some dirt and some creativity. Um, but but other than that, uh, I, I, look, we we outnumbered their fans at least two to one, if not three to one. The entire yeah. Weekend. So I wanted to ask you that. Um, you could tell from the broadcast uh, on the radio, it was so loud. You didn't even know who was doing something, you know, who was rooting for what and, and if something positive happened for us or something negative because the, the crowd just overtook rights like we typically do. And, and I said, you know, we typically own Houston area fan bases. Talk about the fan base and the experience. Uh, before we jump into the games, I would like to talk about the fan base, kind of brag on them a little bit. Yeah, they were loud. Look, I was in the middle of Section A, so they're a little crazy out there, right? Uh, so some dude's taking his, his shirt off if we if we strike out the side, which we did, and it's 40 degrees outside. I'm like, man, you crazy. But really, Rice didn't get into the game until we started getting into the game, until they started getting offended that we were out, out you know, uh, outdoing them on the fan side. Now, I don't know today. It still sounded like we had a great crowd out there today, but I'm telling you, man, we we brought it. And, and what's cool about moving to Houston and, and being involved with UL for so long is you see all these familiar faces that traveled from Lafayette and the surrounding areas to come to these games. And I might not know their names, but I know their faces because I've seen it for the last 20 years. And they're all there, you know. Um, and then we had Danny Maziotti, right? I know you fangirled about Danny being there. He comes sit by me. I'm um, not ashamed about it. All right. And I even <laughs> sent him a message uh, real quick if, I don't, if you don't mind me interrupting. I sent him a message. I said, look, there were two guys that I really – I mean, honestly, I, I, I idolized. I was a kid, you know, 11, 12 years old. It was Ken Griffey Jr. was Danny Maziotti. I wanted to be a catcher because of Danny and that, and that 2000, 99 and 2000, two, both of those two teams. So the fact that he went and plopped his ass right down next to you and then we had that exchange was really cool. And, you know, I'm pushing 40 now, so it's, it's not as glamorous, but the fact that he appreciated it was cool to me. So I'm glad that that happened. Shoot, the, the fact that he remembered me from 20 years ago when we were, you know, 2000 in Omaha, I mean, that's pretty cool. Obviously, I didn't play, but he was playing. So, uh, so no, it was great to reconnect with him. Um, saw some, some, some players, future players' parents that were there that listened to the pod, and they commented about how they love listening to us. So that was really cool. The baseball bros were there to support. I think you said Jack, Jack Taylor, I think, is, is one of the baseball bros, right? Bad, the bad bros, right? Bad bros. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so I think the whole deal with the bat bros is they they try out bats that are released on the market, and uh, I think JT John Taylor, our second baseman that's battling with Peyton Lejeune, he's part of that group. Some of those guys are good friends, and they showed up in Houston to watch the show. So that's really cool. Um, yeah, I, I mean, what do you say? I mean, it's it's baseball in Houston. And then, by the way, I turn around and Reese Burns is standing there, and I'm like, what are you? Of all places, I Reese I loves baseball. Dude, dudes in Houston watching baseball, so that was really cool too. Um, so no, it was it was really it was really good. It was electric. People were excited to be there. Um, and and look, the staff at Rice was freaking awesome. They were great. And you know what? You paid ten dollars to park, and you still had to walk, and nobody complained. People just did it. You know. 
So you're, we're, you're kidding. we can get into that later, but I'm just saying, paid $10 a day to park at the stadium, still walked half a mile, and I was happy to do it. I like their stadium. I mean, it's it's unassuming. It's not like it's it's not like big time, but it's cozy. It's nice. It's it's nice enough. And then the skyline does everything. Like honestly, you could show up and you could sit in the in the bleachers, but the skyline does everything. Those night games are so great. It reminds me of a nicer, older, uh, a nicer Teague, old Teague, right? And if if the old Teague were like upgraded just in its in its footprint, that would have been like the Rice Stadium. I mean, it, it, it was that cool. Um, but obviously, the you lose a little bit of that ambiance in the in Russo Park because it's so big and cavernous. But you still have that feel in Reckling Park, so that was that was cool. I like going to games over there. Uh, so Friday night, we go in there. Nobody knows what to expect. Opening night is always its own thing. We know we have talent. We didn't know what to expect from Rice. We knew, well, we expected them to be a little bit better. You got Jose Cruz Jr. Uh, I think he spent seven years in the Mariner organization, and they got kind of traded around after that. His dad was an Astro, so he's got baseball in his blood. You got Paul Yanish, played for the, the Brewers and a couple other uh, teams. I think the Reds also. He is a, I don't know if he's their pitching coach, but he's an assistant there. They've got they've got star power on their coaching staff. So we didn't really know what to expect. We, we thought that they would be better, and obviously they battled on Friday night. Uh, I would say that we probably let too many free uh, passes go by. You know, I love the fact that Heath Hood hit the big shot in the eighth, and that's great that we fought back to win, but I like the way we battled early. Um, they are improved. I still don't think that they're a solid ball club. I think they're going to probably end up at the end of, you know, with the bottom of the table in Kusa. So that was probably a good prognostication from the writers and all those guys. Um, what did you see on Friday night that made you feel good about the team? What did you see that maybe could be a defining situation uh, if you had the moment? Maybe you didn't, and that'd be fine because, you know, Saturday and Sunday, you didn't really find out all that much. Yeah, I was a little worried Friday night because it, it seemed like we were starting the series like we did last year when we started the series with a bunch of errors, mental mistakes, base running errors, pop fly that was dropped, uh, missing the cutoff man in right field, uh, you know, and and you started like, Thing I started thinking to myself, well, here we go again. We're going to get off to a slow start. And I think you mentioned it. We hadn't won an opening series game for the first seven years. The first, yeah, seven years since we won the first game of the season. That's right. So when you go back and you're, you're like, oh, oh, Lord, here comes CDS again. Right. And and but you saw the guys battle. And I think that that's what was special, especially the hitters. They were battling. And I mean, what can you say about CJ Willis the entire weekend? But look. He made some key plays at first base. He scooped some some balls out the dirt. It, the last play of the game. I mean that that was a perfect example. He scooped that that ball out the dirt to to seal the win. So you saw promising uh, effort from the team. You saw that through the whole weekend. Again, free base runners pitching wise. Um, I thought McGee he pitched a good game. He was aggressive. He pitched aggressively, which I like to see. Look, if you're going to get up, give up runs and hits, that's fine. But don't don't you know throw the try to throw the be fancy about it. Throw this off speed that you know four four pitch walk. I hate that. Be aggressive. Come out the batters. Make them beat you. Um, so he gave he too many free passes, and I think that's the story of our weekend, especially today. As you got later into the ball game. Uh, what did that, that one inning they scored two with no, without the benefit of a hit. Like you can't do that, man. You gotta, Too you, gotta many free be passes. you gotta be better. So the back end of our bullpen has got to be better, but I think we've got starters that can get us off uh, to a pretty good start. And I think our, our, 
we were spoiled by Robe, right? We always had solid pitching and, and our hitting was kind of iffy. Now it's, it's reversed and we got to give our pitching staff and our coaching staff a chance to evaluate what our weekend rotation will look like, what the bullpen will look like. And you can only do that against live competition. You can only play yourself so many times and try to figure that out. Now, now we're starting to get into that live competition. And I think up until conference play, there's going to be some frustrating moments in the bullpen, but I think everything is going to be lined up and geared towards once we get to conference play, what we're going to look like in the bullpen. And I like the way the schedule actually lines up for that because look, Rice is what they are. BYU is going to be what they are. I mean, I think that if you look at the mid-major poll, which I hate, but they're right around the same. Like Rice was, no, it wasn't Rice. It was BYU and Campbell. We're right there smack dab in the middle. It was somewhere around 19 or whatever. I think that that's probably a little more accurate than we would like. Um, But focusing on pitching on Friday, I got to tell you, Nick, I really liked the way Jake Hammond handled the moment. You know, he had a couple of misses, and yeah, you maybe you want to see a little bit more domination on a Friday night, but at the end of the day, the guy is moving. Let's let's keep in mind that halfway through the season, he was very, I mean, seldom utilized. And all of a sudden, he comes out of nowhere, and he's just, he's a stalwart in your pitching rotation. So he's making that move to Friday night. The lights are on, the lights are bright, and I know at Reckling, it's not, it, it's not like the Teague, you're not going to have 4,500 people, but still, it's a big moment. I thought he handled it well. Uh, what did he go? Four and a third? Four and two thirds? Yeah. I think that... Now, look, everybody's going to crush Debo for missing that pop-up. You were there. Wind's blowing. It's cold. I'm not trying to make an excuse, but it certainly is a factor. The fact that he dropped it, it wasn't just that he's a bad defensive shortstop. We know the difference uh, between a bad defensive shortstop and and obviously other factors. But uh, I think that if he makes that catch, Jake finishes the inning and he may go a couple more hitters. I thought that kind of changed the balance of the way that went down. And we gave up some free base runners after that that Jake would have probably eliminated. So I really like the way Jake handled himself. Um, I really believe that Seth and Deggs are going to be careful with the pitch count early in the season. So it wasn't concerning to me at all to see him throw 78, 80 pitches, whatever it was when they when they yanked him. Um, ben Tate, all right? And I kept saying this to Catherine when we were watching the game. Ben Tate has good stuff, and he attacked hitters. And yeah, he, in my view, I thought he got squeezed a little bit on some of those pitches, especially that high outside fastball that they had been calling the entire game. All of a sudden, when Ben Tate throws, it's not a strike. You said that too. But, you know, I thought he got a little bit squeezed, but I don't care about that. I liked his approach. He went after guys. He went, I thought he nibbled a little bit later when he was falling behind, but overall, I felt like he attacked the hitters. Uh, did you did you see that? Did you feel that way? How do no. you feel about Ben? 100%. Yeah. 100%. I think he attacked, like you said, he attacked, he nibbled kind of when he got in a little trouble later later in the game. Um, look, I'm looking forward to seeing what Moody can do this season. That's who I'm excited about. Moody, Moody, I think is going to be a, a late innings factor for us. And I'm glad they used him sparingly in that first game. Cause um, I don't want people to get any tape on the dude. I want to see, I mean, you want to talk about coming after guys. He, he came after it. And uh, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to see what he does as the season progresses. Big outs on a Friday night. And here's the thing. We saw him in the fall and, you know, the coaches nowadays, and this is no shot at Seth or anything, but they love spin rate. That's all they talk about. Spin rate, spin rate, spin rate. Okay, fine. This guy, everything he throws snaps off, and it just goes, it dives, dives into Julian. Everything, if you watch Julian, if you go watch, if you, you probably pull it up on ESPN Plus, 
or never mind, it was on Kusa oh, TV. No, so disregard the worst broadcast of all time. <laughs> anyway, uh, if when when Moody pitches, watch Julian's glove. It always moves down. Always, always, always. So everything he throws just it torpedoes, and I love that because here's the thing: if we're gonna miss in the zone, let's miss down. That's a robe teach. If you're gonna miss in the zone, miss miss down. I thought he came in there. He was composed. He was a bulldog. He got big timeouts. And what, so he's a transfer from LSU Eunice. I know they won a, uni, a, a national championship in their division. That is some big time D1 experience right there to get out of that inning, to get out of that, that mess that they, you know, I mean, the bases were loaded, two outs. So I like Brendan Moody a lot. I, I loved him in the fall. And it's one thing to throw well in the inner, in the inner, in the uh, inner squads and in batting practice and this, that, and the other. It's one thing to do that. It's another thing to do it on a Friday night. I was very, very impressed. Uh, Toit. What can you say about Toit? He comes in and gets out of some hot grease, not once but twice. He dominated hitters. Um, I thought he kind of ran out of gas there at the very end. But, he, you know, he's he is your prototypical two to three inning guy. I wasn't surprised when they didn't make him a starter. Um, I think that, you know, Bobons is a big miss. He was probably the guy that you thought, if they're going to make Hammond a starter on a Friday night, Hammond probably goes to Saturday and Bo goes to, to, to Friday because he was a bona fide stud. He was that guy that was going to anchor. He was a big loss, but I am excited to see these guys attack hitters. I thought that at times, Schultz was not bad at it. There, after we made some early season changes, the, the pitching rotation got a little bit better, but it wasn't because the talent necessarily changed. And I'm not saying we don't have the talent. I'm saying that, Guys, the mentality. You got to have the mentality. All right. If you're going to hit my fastball, you're going to have to hit it. I'm going to throw it to you. I'm going to offer it up. Let's see what you have. I see a lot of that in this rotation. I thought Ben had it. I thought Toyd had it. I, I think Toyd is going to be very good, by the way. I thought Jake had it. I thought overall, Friday night, you saw what you needed to see on a Friday night to compete. And maybe it's not elite stuff, but it's elite compete. Agree? Yes, and I think, again, we've got to be patient as the season progresses because our hitters are going to be ahead of our pitching, which is opposite of what we're used to. Usually it was like you could count on a Kevin Ardwin, you could count on an Alder, you could count on somebody to get us off to a good start, and we're, we seal the deal. But we have to change our mentality as fans to understand we're back. We're, we're, we're where other teams are typically this time of the year where our hitting is going to carry us for a little bit until our pitching catches up. So I agree with everything you said. We still got a lot of work to do, especially what we saw today in the back end of the bullpen. Got a lot of work we got to do there. But all in all, we have got to cut down on the free passes. That To me, that is my biggest negative takeaway from the weekend is, is cutting down on the free passes. We can't do that in conference play. And it happened all weekend. It happened on Friday. We didn't get burned too badly. I mean, it hurt a little bit. Well, you know what? I take that that comment back because they scored four runs. Three of them we gave to them. So it happened on Friday. It didn't kill us, but take away Heath Hood's two run bomb, and uh, you know we're 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 losing the series essentially. Saturday comes around. Here's here's one of the wildest stats you'll ever hear. Okay, Blake McGee comes through. I love this stuff. I love this compete. You can't walk cis hitters. You can't Correct. hit two guys. He gave up, I think, in all, it was like, I think it was eight or nine batters. And I don't know if you're looking at the stats, but it was eight or nine hitters that he gave. It was free base, three base runners, free base runners, sorry. And none of them scored. None of, it was, it was a goose egg. I don't know if I've ever seen that before, Nick. So 
No. I, I thought, I still think that McGee has what it takes to be a good arm on a Saturday. I really do. You got to throw strikes, man. You can't nibble. If I was, you know, if, if I was in a position to be able to give some feedback that he would not take his uh, criticism, I would say, Blake, love your stuff. Love your presence on the mound. Love your athleticism. You got to throw strikes. And I don't even know if he wasn't trying to throw strikes. Maybe he was missing. Maybe it's early, early season jitters, whatever. Point I'm trying to make is that it is unbelievable. I'll, I'll make the point this way. If you go to Texas State and you give up six walks and two hit batsmen, they're scoring. It ain't gonna be a, it ain't gonna be a zero. So we gotta get that fixed. And anyway, I like Blake. I liked his outing. I like the way he recovered. I thought we played much better defense. One thing we didn't talk about on Friday is the shaky defense. I know we talked about Debo dropping the, the, the pop-up. I credit that somewhat to the wind. We had a couple of very sloppy relays. Uh, overall, the defense was not at all what I expected to see. But on Saturday, defense was much better. You know, obviously, 11-2, to it's somewhat of a route. You know, you have a a completely different... I mean, the whole makeup of the game is different. I thought the defense was kind of the story of that game outside of the offense, which hit everything in sight. I mean, Jesus, what do you say? I mean, anybody stand out to you that you didn't expect or you didn't see coming? You know, Friday night, you didn't see Rock have a good at bat. I mean, he was okay. Julian didn't have a good at bat on Friday. You come out to Saturday... Rock's hitting the ball out of the park. He got a, I think he had an RBI double there. Um, your big bat showed up. Look, I was about four beers in by the top of the second because it took so dang long for us to get through the first two innings. So if you're going to start asking me questions about individual play beyond like the third inning, I ain't going to be able to help you. All I know is we hit the hell out of the ball. We played solid defense. Our pitching was solid. Obviously, you only gave up two runs in, in that entire game. Um Looking at, 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 you know, Cooper Rawls, he, I'm looking at the stats, 38 pitches, 23 for strikes. I mean, that's what we need, right? Um, not being scared of throwing strikes and, and, and attacking it. And again, when you get out to an 11 run lead, you can do that. You don't have to, you don't have to nibble around the plate. So um, again, CJ Willis, um, rock. I mean, it was just total team effort on Saturday to me. Agree. And you got to see some pitchers on Saturday. You got to see Wargo. Uh, yeah. behind the plate, which was kind of weird because, you know, you know how we are about the whole Chanticleer thing, right? Uh, he's from Coastal. So I'm I'm trying to make myself like that guy. No shot at you personally, Wargo. It's just a, <laughs> it's a, it's a very old rivalry that... We're just judging you a little bit. Just a bit. Uh, but everybody that had an opportunity felt like they produced. And it's easy to get lazy in that type of a game. I was proud of our guys for playing good defense and still pitching. You got to see a lot of guys in the back of that bullpen. Cooper Rawls, I'll be honest with you, I think that he's going to be a key, a key piece for that Saturday role. I got to see him go up there two or three innings, eat it up. Okay. He was a revelation at Tech. If you guys, if everybody follows the program like we do, he goes up to Tech. We're down five to one. And he, I think he went seven, gave up a run. We end up winning seven six, I believe. He was the national, pretty sure he was national pitcher of the year that day. He struck out like 12 or 13. It was unbelievable. And he, he was very small. I mean, I don't can't remember a performance before that that he was used. So it was a revelation to all of us. Cooper, I think he's a junior this year. We need... God, people don't realize how young we are in the pitching rotation. I know we have talented arms. I know we have a, a lot of talent. You need guys that have seen it happen before. You need guys that have gone out and performed. Not saying that our guys haven't. Just saying that we need... 
those type, those type of guys that have contributed for the Cajuns in big games, in big wins, take over for me. Take over for this. Like We need you guys to go and lead because there ain't really a guy. There's not really a guy. There's no, there's no Leje. There's no Alvarez. There's no DeJesus. There's none of that. There's no, like you said, no Kevin Ardoin. Saturday was a good test of their metal. And I appreciated the way they fought, even though they were up uh, so big. And then Sunday moves along, and they take a 5-0 lead in the second. And what happened? We poo-pooed the bed. <laughs> I mean, again, free bases. Um, yeah, you, it was the opposite of what we saw the day before, right? A, a timely hitting, key pitching. You get up to 5 nothing lead. You, you can't you can't lose man now it was early in the ball game so there's a lot of game to be played and and again credit to rice this was a must win for them um because they get up to 0 and three on the season and that that's a tough hill to climb uh but and, and they play Sam Houston which is not going to get any easier I think Sam Houston scored 25 runs in their last game so yeah they they went off so uh it, it was a must win for them credit to those guys look being picked Eight out of 10. There's a lot of disrespect there. I think they're a little bit better than, than what they showed. Um, but uh, the, the free base running today, man, the, that, that just, that, that killed me. I'm angry about today. I'll be honest with you. I am too. And look, yeah. we won the series. So it is what it is. Look at this guy. Someone has joined the chat. I think he had a little too much, too much, uh, what was it? The, the vanilla shakes. One and a half Michelob Ultra. <laughs> one, one and a half Michelob Ultra. Jerry, how, how was the view from the parade uh, for the ball game? What's up, guys? How y'all doing? Can y'all hear me okay? Mm, it's all right. We hear you. So. Oh, thanks, guys. Uh, no, nah, it was fine. Um, happy Mardi Gras from down here in New Orleans. Uh, just wanted to come say hello for a few minutes. Um, we had a good time yesterday. You know, the beauty of the internet is that I was still able to see a little bit of, uh, or at least tried to see some of the game through the CUSA TV app. Um, every time I tried to log in this morning, we had some technical difficulties, but I was able to. What are you going to say when night. you put fuel in your car? No, no, no. Uh, I, I was actually able, you know, we actually upgraded from going to the local Circle K down here uh, in New Orleans to actually seeing it on my phone. So that was good. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know what happened today, guys. It looks like the bullpen or the pitching kind of ran out of gas. Uh, but I still like to see the promise from the batting. I think it kind of summarized what we've been talking about going into the season. We all knew we'd hit the ball, but pitching has some work to do. Um, but we took the series. Only could get better from here. So Well, we're wrapping up Saturday, and I just I shared the screen for the offensive stats, and we'll move on to pitching after this. But everybody hit, man. Everybody, essentially, I know that – Clay Wargo, the Sean to clear didn't have a, a hit, and that's no you know no slight on him. He's a Cajun now, so we'll move on. But Debo hit. By the way, is Heath Hood on a heater or what? Okay. Holy cow! Is that guy unbelievable? So we talked about Heath Hood down the stretch last year, and this year so far, I mean, he's probably the reason why we're winning right now. It's unbelievable. So Heath Heath had what two two hits? Yeah, he had two hits yesterday. Luke, you uh. Yuhas, right? We'll think, go with that. I, I think, think that's, that's correct. correct. He had a bat. He had an at bat last uh, on Saturday. He didn't get a hit, but good. Get he needs to get some at bats. I think that that guy has a little extra pop in his bat. If you guys went to the uh, uh, home run derby for Fan Day when he hits the baseball 
it sounds differently than everybody else, maybe other than uh, Julian. I mean, it's unbelievable. When when the ball leaves his bat, sounds different than everybody else. So anyway, Rock didn't have a great night on Friday, but he had a very nice day on Saturday. Had two hits, a bomb, he had a double. Um, Julian, again, you know, wasn't great, but he had a, he was one for two, five hundred. Julian's had some tough at bats early, and you know, you know how I feel about Ju. He's my guy. He's my favorite player, so I, I kind of watch his at bats more intently than everybody else. It's not been great. It's not been great uh, against some pitching that I don't think is very good. So I hope that he makes the adjustment. I know he will. I feel like he will. Uh, moving on, basically everybody. Caleb Stelly had a very nice at bat, got a hit in the in the Saturday game. Felt like everybody did, but I really like Caleb Stelly uh, in the DH role. He didn't have a lot of pressure on him, so he got to free swing, and you could tell that he was he's he's just a very talented guy. I like him very much. Uh, let's see, Trey Lafleur had a couple of at bats this weekend. I think three overall. I like Trey. Obviously, he hit the bomb at TCU, so he's got some ability. Very much like him. Max, he had two hits on Saturday. Overall, though, Max was kind of stymied a little bit this weekend. Um, he looks to be healthy. I mean, he was fast. He, he played great defense. I don't know. Maybe maybe just didn't have good at-bats, but he got two hits on Saturday. Uh, let's see. Let's see. JT. I like JT a whole lot. You know, I've been riding for him for about two months. He's taking daddy hacks. Uh, I would like to see him calm down just a bit. Maybe go opposite field. They're kind of taking advantage of him inside and up. They, they. I mean, he's a dead pole hitter, apparently. I, I want to see him take the ball to the other side of the field. I'm sure he'll make the adjustment. I'm sure Dags will coach him up. Uh, he didn't get a hit on Saturday. I think he was the only one in the starting lineup. No shot of JT. He's one of our favorites. But, uh, you know, still a young guy. Got a long way to go. I think he's going to be good. By the way, great defense at second base. All weekend for JT. I was very impressed, made a very nice play in the eighth inning on Friday to kind of seal that win, help help out to seal that win. Um, Will Veon, happy to see him healthy enough to play left field. There was a certain someone, a uh, broadcaster, that told us that he wasn't going to be healthy enough to play the left field, uh, but he's playing left field, played well. Uh, maybe not the best of bats that he would like. I know that he expects a little bit more success out of himself, but Will... Uh, Happy to see him in the field. Happy to see him playing well. He looked to be about as healthy as he can be. Didn't have a hit on Saturday. He was the other starter that didn't, so it was two. By the way, help me understand this. Friday night, Bayon comes up to his to bat for the first time, and these, I don't know if they're fraternities. Do they have fraternities at Rice? I don't know. Whatever. They have, these dudes are over there. And, of course, Section A has taken over the stadium, so they're trying to, you know, fire back. And Bayon comes up to bat, and they started cheering, overrated. They might be talking about that missile that he hit against TCU. Maybe they I thought guess? that he was, I don't know. I'm man. still trying to figure that one out. That, that one still stuck with me with, with like, am I, am I too smart for rice people or am I too stupid to understand their humor? <laughs> it's called one way or another, but nobody understood what they were talking about, but sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt there. I didn't understand it either. I mean, Will's a good player, but I, this is what happens when you hit a bomb on national TV. People think that you're supposed to be so great. And they start chanting things that don't make sense. Either, either way, he had a nice weekend. Defensively, running the bases, not so much. You can never make the first out at second base. Oh, that hurt wow, me. That, was, that hurt me that to was, my core. I'm telling you, that was a missed sign somewhere because the run on first, I forgot who it was. Who hit? He hit behind him. Was it Rock that hit behind him? I don't know. Whoever hit behind him. 
it, he was going on the pitch and, and I don't know if, if Veon was supposed to go or he was supposed to hold up or there, but there was definitely some miscommunication there. So I don't sure. know who's, who's in that was on. So I'm going to give him a little bit of a break. Cause that looked like it was a, it was just a crap show from, from all involved. I agree. I think that there was a couple of missed signs there because whoever was at first, it may have been, I don't think it was rock. I think it was. No, I forgot who hit behind him. Either way, he was halfway to second base. Yeah. So they did throw down to get Veyon, but they could have thrown the first to get the out. Either way, a little bit of a miscommunication. It doesn't matter when you're winning by a million. It, it works out, but I think Will is going to be fine. Maybe he is still kind of nagged by whatever. I think it's a labrum that he's dealing with, whatever it is. Um, CJ Willis. Stay hot, CJ. MVP Holy mackerel. Weekend, man. In my opinion, he's MVP. I'm going to I'm going to vote Hood MVP for the weekend. But CJ Willis is like on his heels. What a well, great everything. Great defense. I, Actually, not great deep. Fantastic defense. The pick on the on the the last out on Friday. The pick, I think it was in the 8th. I think it was in the 8th inning there. He had multiple picks on Saturday. I mean, that guy is balling. And I hollered and screamed last year, put CJ at freaking first base. I, you know, going into the season, I always thought he was kind of the, the 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 secret weapon that wasn't really talked about as much because a lot of times last year, CJ would, you know, we'd sub him in, we'd start him in the middle of, you know, in a midweek game, put him at first base. But he, as the season went on last year, he got a few clutch hits that really, really mattered. And I thought going into the season, his bat was hot going into the offseason. We all knew he had some power to his swing. He was very good at placing, you know, at ball placement, wherever he would hit. And I always kind of figured going into this year, he was kind of that secret weapon that really nobody talked about. And so um, when I saw Deggs put him at first base the other night, I was very excited about it because I knew, you know, you're not going to get a home run from him all the time, but you're definitely going to get some key hits. And he he showed up and showed out this weekend. I mean, we're going to have to see a lot of more of that from him as time goes on. But now he's created that senior leadership because I believe he's a senior this year, correct? Because, yeah, he's a senior this year. So you're going to see more of that senior leadership, not just by him being vocal, but also the example he set uh, with the discipline at bat. So it was fun to watch him come into fruition this weekend. I know we took the loss today, but CJ had four RBI today. Two more hits. Yeah. Uh, let's yeah. see. So that's Watch. two, three, two. What is that? Seven hits on the weekend? I mean, that's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, that's clutch. Very clutch. So, I, and I'm most excited about his defense because I think he's the best first baseman on the team. I like Zambo. Zambo. Which, by the way, is it Zambo or Zambo? Anybody know? I think it's Zambo. I say Zambo because I say Mardi Gras Mambo. Does anybody say Mardi Gras Mambo? I don't think so. It's like, like Trahan Trahan, right? I guess certain places say Zambo, some places say Zambo. I'm going with Zambo. I'm going to stick with it. Anyway, CJ was absolutely on fire. Hoodie was absolutely scorching hot. You know, what's great about that is that they're not named Brock. They're not named Debo. They're not named Julian. These are guys that you know have talent. They, you know that they can step up for the team. But to see them carry the team when, I'm telling you right now, Rock did not have good at-bats on Friday. And maybe they pitched around him, and that's part of it. Uh, but but these guys literally carried us offensively all weekend. Without, without CJ and Hood, I'm going to tell you, first of all, Friday night we lose. And then today, we're not even competitive. Because pitches, I mean, honestly, the pitching let us down. Defense, defense, 
got better throughout the course of the weekend, so I won't I won't really harp on that. But you know, I thought Niza on Sunday. I guess we'll move on to Sunday. I thought that he was fine. I I, I don't. I'll give him a break. You know, it's his first start. You gotta you gotta attack the strike zone. If you if you give up missiles, it is what it is. You know, I, first of all, I think Rice is a very poor offensive club. I would have liked to have seen Jackson Niza take a little bit more of an approach to fill up the strike zone. Uh, that's me. And then Fluno came in and he kind of did the same thing. It was like a nibble nibble situation. Look, these guys are not hitting the ball out of the park. Attack the strike zone, and that's kind of where I fall on that. Um, anybody have a, a comment on? Pitching, you know, especially today, we we gave away so many free bases today. It was kind of hard to watch. I think there's a learning curve to a lot of these pitchers. I think we got some guys who are still trying to get some more experience. Uh, You can definitely tell in the back end of our bullpen today. And really, I think sometimes it's like my dad always says, throw strikes. I think sometimes we're a little afraid to take that chance and, and not really force a swing, but at the same time, put in the strike zone i thought we walked too many guys this weekend especially friday night and you know when you start playing teams like you said josh to rice to, to lose to rice's offense you're going to face teams in conference that are going to hit the ball a lot better and yes they will swing yes they will make contact but you can't be afraid to pitch you know sometimes you can pitch around sometimes you can but in this particular case you cannot be afraid in these next three or four weeks going into conference to pitch to some of these guys and and just trust your defense trust your outfield trust Trust the, the guys you have in the infield as well to make those plays for you to bail you out. Um, look, I agree with you, Jerry. But at the same time, if you're going to pitch aggressively and pitch inside, don't hit a guy. I mean, we that, have well, five, that's what I'm saying. I hit what I'm by saying. pitches yeah. and seven walks. Like you, right. you can't do that. Like you can't give away right. free bases on the mound. No, man. can't do and it. You can't expect to win when you're giving up free base runners left and right, loading the bases without the benefit of hit. You can't. I mean, seven walks total today. Well, look at Friday night. Like, like going back to Friday night, I mean, you gave up four runs. We should have given up a max of two runs. I mean, if you don't walk as many guys, like you said, Nick, if you don't hit as many guys, it's maybe a five-to-two ball game or five-to-one ball game, you know. And what's going to happen is is you're going to play lesser competition and you're going to keep them in the game by put, by giving giving away free base runners. Can't do that. Well, um, I think the bigger takeaway is that you have a five-run lead. Like, you can't give up a five-run from a compete standpoint, right? Deggs talks way more about compete and the effort and the attitude than he does about the talent. Right. Five nothing. Five nothing in the second. Uh, to me, you look, go out there and throw strikes. Stop nibbling. Nobody cares right. about your ERA. I don't care about your ERA. I don't want to hear about your ERA. Go out there and throw strikes. If you give up a couple of missiles, hey, you're going to come out. Next guy's going to come in. I just don't want to see... I don't want to see that easy road to the comeback and you saw it it bit us in the ass and it was it was that slow drip you know it was that it was that death by a thousand cuts where they would creep in creep in creep in creep in and eventually it got to the point where you let rice get hot you let him then 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 they started swinging the bat and then before you know it you you, the it was a drip became a waterfall and you couldn't stop it so uh, or a flood you couldn't stop it but uh i'm hoping also i'm interested in experience you know I'm interested in the whole Ben Tate thinking because I really liked Ben Tate on Friday night. I thought he got squeezed. You know, Nick and I talked about this earlier. I don't know if I come back with Ben Tate right there. Nick, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to kick it to you after this, but I don't know if I come back to Ben Tate. He ended up getting the loss today. 
I thought Tommy Ray was effective to a degree. Yeah, you never want to walk that guy in that situation, but I want to see what Tommy can do for me on a, t- on a, on a Sunday because I'm going to need him. I think I would have let him go a little bit longer. I think I would have let Fluno go a little bit longer. Um, hell, even Stephen Cash. I mean, he was struggling, but I got to see what I want to, you know, the game was basically, I don't want to say it was out of hand, but you kind of felt like we're not, we're not punching back after this. I want to see what these pitchers can do for me. What did you think about this, the pitching strategy on Sunday? Yeah, no, I'm with you, man. I think, I think we, we got away from, I'm not saying trying to not win the game, but I felt like we got into the situ- situation of where we were trying not to lose the game. And I think that's when you start seeing that they kind of tinker with, okay, well, we, we, we left about, and look, there were a couple times last season where they left somebody out way too long. This time, I think they, the, the leash was a, maybe a little too short. I'm with you, but look, let's get back to the pitching rice only gave up one less free base today than we did. We gave up like 11 free bases. They gave up 10. The difference is they took advantage of it and we didn't. And we've got to be better. We've got to be better. If they give you free bases, you got to take them. And we did not take advantage of that. And and that was the difference today. Well, look at Saturday. I mean, Saturday was a, the perfect encapsulation of what you're saying. The reason why we blew them out of the water is because every time they gave us any type of opening, we made them pay. Friday, it was up and down. A couple of times we took advantage. A couple of times we let it go by the wayside. And we gave them the opportunities. They kind of capitalized, but not really. Friday should have been a walkover if we don't walk people, if we don't hit people. Saturday, it was a walkover. I thought it was basically a replica of Friday. We just took advantage of the opportunities. And Sunday, you know, I hate to say it like this, but did the guys kind of get satisfied with winning two? Two of three? You know, there, were, there was a point in that game where, like, that mentality of uh, the dog, the, uh, the uh, just overcoming the opponent, I didn't feel it. I didn't see it. Uh, and I'm not hating on the guys. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying. I think that we have a very good team. I think we're going to get a lot better. I think we're learning. I think that Sunday is a prototypical situation where you pull the guys after practice and you say, "Hey, we had we had our foot on their neck and we let them off the hook." What do you think, Jerry? Yeah, absolutely, man. And 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 I guess it's a different approach I take here. It's like we were texting Friday night and I kept saying it's, it's the first game. It's the first game. You know, this is a 56 game season. And so I think in a, in a, in a situation like this, you know, yes, we lost today. No, we didn't play as well and hold that five run lead, but I would rather learn that now than say, you know, 35, 40 games in. And when you're in conference, uh, get all of those kinks out the way. Now, you know, Continue to build your bullpen, continue to build your lineup, continue to, to really experiment with what you have now. And then come conference time, you're not worrying about these kind of things. So, I, you know, I kind of allude today to just, you know, it's the third game of the season. I know uh, we should have won. Like you said, we had our foot on their necks and you got to close it out. But it's a matter of how do we respond moving forward and how do we learn moving forward, especially now, you know, you got a four game series against BYU. Then you've got you know, a few a few non-conference series. I would rather learn this now than going into conference and doing that in a game, say, against Southern Miss or South Alabama. So I think I'm hoping today was a was a big learning experience with anything um, in, in spite of this loss today. My only issue is that I feel like that was a bad team, you know, and I guess time will tell. Right. I just felt like that was a bad team that we we basically gave a game away. And that always sucks. And. Maybe it's a good teaching tool for Degs and everybody involved. 
I just hate giving games away. I really hate it. You've seen us drop conference games. You've seen us drop games in conference to teams that are probably worse than Rice. So luckily the good news is, is that the conference has gotten better. I would expect an improvement there as well. Um, but it was on the road against a conference, uh, you know, a decent, uh, well, they used to be a decent conference USA team. They are booty. Here's the thing. I, I agree. I agree with you. Now, the one, the one thing I'll say is that we don't know how good they're going to be. I think they'll be better than they were last year, but I don't, I don't know what to expect because we don't know how much better they actually are. I think they're better. I thought their guy Smith on Friday, I thought he was legit. And the guy that they brought in that was throwing heat, uh, that, that hood, you know, ultimately popped over the center field wall. I thought he he had some talent. The guys that they oh, ran no, out there better. on Saturday, not impressive. They're better. They look compared to the Rice team that came to Lafayette two years ago and the two game series we had against them in the midweek last year. They're better to me on paper. They look better. No so, question. I mean, yeah. I'll, I, I mean, I I don't like losing. Obviously, we'll never accept a loss, but I can understand losing to this Rice team compared to the Rice team we've played the last two seasons because the Rice team we played the last two seasons, I mean, we won by just by showing up. We had to actually grind to get some to get our win on Friday night, and we actually had to put some effort into yesterday's domination. But, no, this is a much better Rice team than I've seen over the last, last two seasons for sure. Nick, was it a better Rice team? How do you feel about it, seeing it in person? I think, I think they'll be middle of the pack, Conference USA. I mean, I again, I think they'll be they'll be – an okay team. They're not, they might finish 500. Um, that that's from what I saw in three games. That's what I think. I agree a thousand percent. I think they're a bad team. I think they have a couple of guys that can compete, but over the course of a conference season, especially they're going to get overwhelmed. That's what I think, especially in wait, do they go to AAC this year or next year? Next year. Okay. So maybe they'll win conference USA because Holy cow. I mean, it's Conference USA. What are you going to say? Um, overall, it is what it is. It's a, it's a road weekend series win. So you can never be upset about that. You know, Robe will always tell you that. It's, it's, a, it's a road. I mean, look, you go on the road, it's always different. You don't have the comforts of home. Lots of guys getting first live bullet baseball. All that stuff matters. I really would have liked to see a, a more competitive team on the, on the latter end of this game today. But... Look, whatever. You're learning. You're finding out what you got. You're learning who's going to step up when the lights are on. I'm good with it. Um, we come home. We play BYU to open the Teague on Wednesday. This coming Wednesday, the 21st? 22nd. Four-game weekend series. Because remember, they don't play on Sundays. So it's a very unique series. And it gave us four games at home. So I'll take it. Future Big 12 pon- uh, opponent. I'll, I'm, I'm, I'm all about it. Sure. Same. So we'll do that, and uh, apparently BYU has a little bit of quality with them, so I don't know what they did this weekend. In fact, while we talk, I'll look it up. But it's a – look, we went to Rice and we got a series win. At the end of the day, what are you going to say? It's it's good. It's positive for the for the majority. Look at Connor Higgs, a guy like Connor Higgs that we've always liked on the pod. We talk about him all the time. He had a great weekend. Well, he had a great Saturday, I'll tell you that. I think he had three hits. Uh, he looked confident at the plate at all of his at-bats. He had a great summer. Uh, he did all the things you want to see out of a DH type of guy. I still like Stelly a lot. I think Stelly, I know he's young. He's got to learn a few things, but I like him in the DH role. Zamboni hit a bomb today. So if he's going to be in that DH role, you know, we have so many options. That's what's very encouraging about this particular team. I think that if we can figure out 
the roles for the pitching, not necessarily, you know, I'm not saying that we don't have the pitching. I'm saying we need to find roles. It's going to be fun. I think, I think it'd be fine. This is going to be good. By the way, I'm changing the subject while you're, you're looking at the BYU stuff, but it, going back to conference, Georgia State had a series against Cincinnati this weekend. Their game two was suspended because some guy slid hard in the second and there was a bench clearing brawl and they completely, they just said, we're suspending the game and we'll figure it out tomorrow. I think they ended up picking it up today and then finishing the third game too. But uh, yeah, they suspend. I've never seen them suspend the game because of a bench, bench clearing brawl. That, that's interesting. And there's nothing like you, I, I've looked up media, try to find a story on it. Nothing out there. It, it's, it's bizarre. Soft. Soft. Right. In the seventh <laughs> inning after a bench-clearing brawl. Yeah. Wow. So, real quick, BYU, all right, comes to J.C. Love Field, the Love Shack. Uh, what do we call it? The, the, FEMA, the FEMA Park? <laughs> yeah. So, they beat the piss out of Tech on Friday night, 10-1. to 1. They lose a nail-biter 6-8 to 8 on Saturday, and then they beat them 8-2 to 2 on Sunday. Oh, excuse me. It wasn't on Sunday. It was a doubleheader on Saturday. I was about to say, they don't play on Sunday. Yeah, doubleheader so on so Saturday. They took the series. They took the Russell. series from Tech, who I think Tech was getting some top 25 votes last week. Well, now we have to win the series this weekend. Now, besides what we do, it's just, you know, we have no choice. Well, I don't know what to expect from BYU. I mean, it's a household name, but you don't necessarily consider or you don't you don't associate BYU with good baseball. I mean, it's a different right. deal. It's it's probably there's probably you know five feet of snow in Utah right now. It was the same thing with the mid major polls. That shouldn't be a thing. There is no mid major in baseball. Okay, there's no mid major in softball. Don't get so me started. You can, take, you can flush those polls because we're not a mid major. There is no such thing. So so we have more of a history in baseball than BYU does. So quit calling us mid major. Jerry, Jerry's trying to make a basketball comment. He gets excited when he sees that basketball mid major in the top five. Josh just gets, he gets so ecstatic. Well, apparently, never mind. I'm just gonna. (laughs) Nothing makes Jerry more mad than a mid major poll with the cages at the top ten. I'm not all about it. Not be sharing that on our official social media pages. I'm just saying. Agree a thousand percent. I I do not do that. I'm not I'm saying we saying. do. I'm saying our official pages should not share that crap. We're not mid-major. Just like nope. softball. Softball is not mid-major. Yeah, Nothing mid-major. Nothing anybody, mid-major about softball. Anybody who would put us in a softball mid-major, it's like you might as well just keep us at number one. There shouldn't be – like we shouldn't even be mentioned. We should just be automatic number one at that point. But even then, I'm with you. I I mean, don't don't even try. Like, don't do that. Don't do not do that. That's a no-no. Speaking of softball, Clearwater was not uh, not kind – uh, a pretty gritty performance on Friday uh, against Indiana. They got the win. And then, you know, th- the wheels kind of fell off against Oklahoma State. I know that they had a very competitive game against Michigan. I thought that in the end, probably deserved to win that game. Just there's a couple of opportunities that didn't take advantage of. Mich- Ohio State, excuse me, Oklahoma State comes in, blows their doors off. Was sick. The, the, the thing that made me sick as a Cajun fan about that was Jordan Campbell goes, Bomb left field. They have a drop in. Uh, so anyway, guy, uh, lady on second base, bloop single. We score. We're up two nothing in the second, and then the floodgates open for Oklahoma State. We never really recovered. I think that our biggest obstacle to Oklahoma City is finding out who is going to be the trustworthy pitcher, who's going to come in and stop the bleeding. I thought that we had kind of identified that. Uh, apparently, 
we're still figuring it out. So good enough. I thought that I thought that our girls competed at the plate in every game. You know, we ended up losing by one to Arkansas yesterday. Lost to one, lost by one to UCLA. And I think there was a game this afternoon, right? I think we lost by one in that one too. No, we lost. We lost. We lost by quite a few to Florida. No, State. no, I'm sorry. We'll it up. We lost. But we lost by Florida. one to UCLA. We lost by one to Michigan. I think we lost by one to one more, didn't we? Arkansas. I just said that. Arkansas. Arkansas. Yeah. So I mean, we're like that's what's so frustrating. We were so close. I mean, the UCLA game was one. We yeah. should have won that game today. Yep. I mean, and then they're number two in the country. So it shows that we can still compete with the best of the best. But it's all about finishing. You got to finish. And um, I hope that the, the girls, you know, they, they, they get a lot of lear- they got a lot of learning experience. I think it's like I said, it's a lot, lot more softball to play. And I, they're only going to get better. They're only going to get better. They're going to get Texas. better. They're going to get better. My only thing is, is that once we get a non-conference play, who's going to sharpen you up? You know, and I know there's going to be a lot of learning in, in, in the meantime. And I know that Iron Sharpens Iron, all that stuff. I just don't know if we have the programs in the Sunbelt Conference that are con- going to continue to let these girls improve. And then we move into, you know, a pseudo postseason or and then into the postseason. I think, I don't know. We have the girls on this team to win. The pitching is certainly there. Just got to make the pitches at the time. Just got to make, you got to hit the ball at the time. You got you to come up, timely hitting, whatever. Make the play at the opportune time. So, I'm going to be watching them. I mean, I thought that they performed well for the majority of the time. Oklahoma State, notwithstanding, that was just kind of ugly. Well, I, I think they're going to get better when you go play Florida and Austin. I mean, go play in Austin against Texas and LSU and Ole Miss. I think they're going to get better playing those teams besides going in the conference just from that experience this weekend. So, yeah. no, I, I agree with you. I'm saying that once yeah. we get into conference, it's kind of like, you know, how are we going to get better from – I mean, unfortunately, that's always going to be an issue. We always going to be. I mean, right. Yeah, but, but, but. Baseball has the opposite. The we have the opposite situation where the conference is a gauntlet now. Well, I guess that means we have to go undefeated in conference then. Should be losing to teams we shouldn't lose to then, if that's the case, and, get, and just get hot going into regionals. And here's the thing even though you're playing, you may be playing quote unquote lesser competition against some of these conference teams, I think it still doesn't change the fact that as long as the team is clicking and playing good fundamental softball, you can go with the talent we have. We can go up against anyone. I mean, it proved that this weekend, three teams we lost by one run, barring one or two errors or one or two mistakes. Um, you you click in conference play. I would think by the time regionals roll around, you you should be primed and ready to go. But we so we'll see. We'll see. But I do think this team is good enough to compete with anybody. I think it's a top twenty team. I think that we can be better. Uh, I just want to see more opportunities. Right. I want to see more. Like we all do, we always want to play against the best teams, right? This, this is kind of how we are as fans. We want to see our team play against nationally highly thought of teams and compete against the best. Uh, all right. This is a pretty good wrap-up show. Guys, if you follow Razor Review at all, we're going to try to do these every Sunday evening uh, to kind of wrap up the weekend and talk some baseball. We'll, we'll sprinkle in some softball as well. Uh, before we leave you, I'm going to ask Nick and Jerry – their standout player of the weekend and also somebody that they need to see more from. So, Nick, we'll start with you. I want to see your MVP from the weekend, and I need somebody you need to see more from. So, uh, MVP from the weekend, I mean, I'm going to pick CJ because um, he's my dude. Um, 
Gosh, I'm not even going to pick one player that I need to see more of. I'm just going to say the entire back of the bullpen, all of them. I need to see more out of every one of those pitchers because they didn't show me a whole lot today. I like it. Jerry. Um, I mean, I would say naturally CJ, but I'll give it, I'll, I'll do somebody different. I'm going to say Debo. I thought Debo played a, had a great weekend. I mean, he's he's clutch. I mean, anything anything you ask from Kyle DeBarge, he's going to deliver. Uh, he picked up from where he left off last year in the field. I thought he got some decent hits. He was very patient at the plate. Um, you're going to have to see more of that. I think he sets the example. I mean, he's a true sophomore and he's got a seat patch on his jersey. So that just goes to show you the respect he has from the coaching staff as well as his teammates. And I expect a lot of great things from him outside of this weekend. And he's he's just that leader that just sets the example for everybody else in the field. Who do you need to see more from? Uh, I mean, really the pitching staff, um, like Nick said. I mean, there's really no hard answer to that. I think the pitching staff, I think as time goes on, we all kind of worried coming into the season of what to expect. Um, hopefully more innings, more more experiences on the mound can help them improve. But again, conference only gets tougher this year. It's not going to be a walk in the park. So might as well get all the all the mistakes, all the kinks, everything out now and uh, just continue to improve as, as the game as the games or as the season goes on. I gotta say, Heath Hood is my MVP of the of the weekend, and he reminds me a lot of a former All-American Caleb Adams. He reminds me of Caleb Adams. The way that he approaches the game, the way that he plays, he hair on fire, no no regard for human life. I love it. I love Heath Hood. He may be my new favorite player. Uh, who I need to see more from is my former favorite player. He's still my favorite player. I love the guy. Julian Brock. I need to see better. I, I need something better out of him offensively. I thought he had a very poor at bats uh, a lot this weekend and this is coming from it's a place from love my man it's a place from love just holding you to a high standard you're my guy um i need julian to step up in that i think he was batting in the cleanup spot so i need to see it i need to see it but uh anyway take two or three from rice on the road coming home to open the teague against byu everybody show up show out be loud i know we don't have to tell you that in baseball um I think they're renewing the $2 natties, so should be pretty rowdy, right? Jerry, I'm glad you made it through Endymion alive. <laughs> I'm glad. Look, I had to come say hey, guys, and uh, no, y'all, y'all did that was a great episode. And um, yeah, just want to tell everybody out there, happy Mardi Gras. Please be safe. And, uh, you know, the beauty of what, what, you know, our culture down here in South Louisiana on this coming Tuesday, everywhere else is just a regular Tuesday, but here it's Mardi Gras. So uh, have fun, have a good time. But again, please be safe. And uh, I'll see you Wednesday at the Teague. Nick, thanks for representing Rage Review at the, well, at Reckling Park in Houston. We appreciate you sending out the uh, We Out Here picks and doing all the, the uh, on the ground reporting. You're the man. My pleasure, man. It was a good time. All right. We'll see you guys. Uh, I think that we have Kendall Rogers rescheduled for next week. So look forward to that. We will let you guys know as soon as we hammer it all down. Thanks for joining. Rate, review, subscribe, all that. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all, all the different social media platforms everywhere. Raise reviews worldwide. Y'all have a good week. Thank you.